Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, folks, take your Bibles and open, if you would, again to the book of Psalms. And join me in Psalm 85 this evening. Psalm 85. And uh, we're going to read down uh, a little bit, and then I want to highlight a statement made in verse number 8. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Look, look if you would, Psalm 85. And uh, let's look at verse number 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people, and hast covered all their sin, Selah. You know that word Selah means, right? Yeah, think about that. Pause, reflect, ponder, you know, slow down a little bit. Think about what, what's just been said. That's what that means, Selah. And uh, verse 3, it says, Thou hast taken away all thy wrath, thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Now notice verse 4, turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. He asks, will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not, I love this next few words, will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace <clears throat> unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are meet together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Verse 12, yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. Well, look at verse number eight. Let me highlight the first statement there. He said, the psalmist said, I will hear what God the Lord will say. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Huh? Say that with me. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Uh, they say this. They say a key ingredient to a healthy relationship is communication. You heard that. Where's all the married folk? You've heard that. It, it's, it, it, a healthy relationship uh, needs more than that, right? Uh, just because you communicate doesn't mean, I mean, you need companionship and commitment and money, you know. Uh, but uh, never underestimate the value of communication. But not all communication is communication. I want to speak to us tonight about effective listening. 
Look at it. Effective listening. That's, that's, a, whole, that's a whole different thing, you know. Uh, the psalmist said, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Uh, and, and in essence, what he's talking about there is I want to, I want to, I want to be effective in listening. So what's effective listening? Effective listening is hearing what's being said. Now, let, me, let me take that back a little bit. Listen to that again. Effective listening is hearing what's being said. Have you ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed sometimes people will say something, but you only hear what you want to hear? Especially, let's say, when you go to a doctor, and a doctor's about to read the test results, and the test results don't start off with a positive, and your mind immediately goes to, I'm dying. Huh? You know what they call that? Selective hearing. Selective listening. There's a vast difference between effective listening and selective listening. And so selective or elective, uh, effective listening, I'm going to get myself all tongue-tied here. <laughs> effective listening, now get this, is hearing, it's hearing what's been said. And then seeking to understand what's been said. Did you get that? Huh? You sure? Did you effectively listen to that? Did you hear what was said? Trying to understand what was said? Effective listening. Now get this. When it comes to our text, it's the Lord speaking. For the psalmist said, the psalmist said, uh, I, will, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Correct? And so effective listening, what he's saying is this, I'm going to make sure that what I'm hearing is what needs to be heard, and I'm going to work to try and understand what God is saying. Amen? So having said that, let's chat for a moment. Let me ask you this, and I, I want you to chat with me. Go ahead and talk with me, okay? How does God, how does God communicate to his children? How does he do it? How does God communicate to us? Through his word. That's one way, through his word, right? You read his word, God speaks to us through his word, amen? God communicates through his, to, to us tonight through his word. How else? Through prayer? Through prayer, God, God speaks to us through prayer, right? How else? Answering prayers. Answering prayers. Oh, yeah, amen. It's not always, it's not always the way we want it. Uh, you can come, there's some, Bob, help those folks out in the back there. They may need to come, they may need to come in. Uh, Cheryl, what did you say? Being still and listening. Being still and listening. Yeah. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. How else does God speak to us? Nature. You're right, he does. And did you say other people? Other people, no doubt about it. Anything else? Preaching of the word speaks to us through the men of God, right? Through convictions? Yeah, I think that all ties in, through convictions. What's that, Norman? Through the songs we sing. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Some, you know, don't take, take offense to this, but there's more truth in some of the hymns that we sing 
And I won't go any further than that. I won't go any further than that. How else? Any, any other way? God's, how does God communicate to us? How does he speak to us? Through circumstances. Right? And so I think we'd agree. We can say it this way, right? God speaks to us through various means. Right? And I'm going to narrow down in, in, in the Bible study here just a little bit. But look at this verse. Go ahead and flip this, this up. Look at this Bible verse, if you would. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13. Look at that. It says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually, effectually worketh also in you that belief. That's a great Bible verse. And, and if you were to take a moment, study that Bible verse out, it, it, it reveals effective listening. For example, let me break it down for you. What you find in that Bible verse uh, is this. First, communication. You know what communication is? According to this, are you with me, guys? Communication? Uh, it's listening to God. So, the psalmist said, I will hear what God, the Lord, has said. And so for you, now pay attention right here. For you and I to hear what God has said, we must begin to listen. Right? You got to listen. You got to listen to God. God does speak to and through his children. God desires to communicate to you and I. His word, his will, his way. And we can go on and on with that. Right? So communication it begins with listening to God. And then the second thing would be comprehension. And so uh, God communicates to us, and then we work to try and understand what God has said. You know what that means? That might mean this. It might mean that we have to begin to be a little bit more uh, interested, a little bit more deliberate, in trying to figure out exactly what God is saying to us. That's why you're here tonight, right? You're here for Bible study. That's why you come on Sunday morning. You want to hear from God. You want to hear the Word of God. You want your pastor to expound upon the Word of God, right? And so we're talking about effective listening. It, first, it begins with communication. We listen to God, and then we try to do our best to understand what God has said. And then thirdly, you find confidence, and that is we, we begin to trust in what God says right? So we're listening to God. We're understanding what God says. We're trusting in what God says. And you know what that leads to, Joe? That leads to change. We're being transformed by what God says, right? If you look at Romans chapter 12, you don't have to look there now, but it's a great passage. Romans 12, Paul says, verse 1, I, be I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God, I beg you, Paul says, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reason. It's just the reasonable thing to do, right? And then he said this, and be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? You know what that means? It means this. We are being transformed. We're being transformed. We're being changed into the very image that we see here in Scripture. 
right? And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not about you and I becoming like one another. It's about you and I becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the psalmist said this. He said, I'm going to hear. I'm going to effectively listen to what God the Lord has to say. I like that. Now, here's the problem. Are you with me? The problem today is this. We're not hearing what God has to say. We're not hearing what God has to say. In fact, Amos, you remember Amos the prophet who was a sycamore tree grower? He was a farmer, and God calls him to be a prophet. He prophesies about a time coming. Uh, go ahead and flip that, guys. Amos chapter uh, 8, verse number 11. He prophesies about a day coming, saith the Lord, that I will send famine in the land. Famine in the land. He said, not of bread, nor water, but of what? Hearing of the word of God. There's going to come a day where people are just not going to listen to God's word. Huh. You know what we're seeing, those of us who have been around just for a little bit? We're seeing some things coming true. Yeah. You know, I've been preaching for a while now. And things I used to preach about years ago, that man, one day, I'm really starting to see it's today. It's happening right now. We used to preach about this falling away, you know, this apostasy that was going to occur in the end times. Well, I'll tell you what, man, all it took was a virus. Just a virus, Kevin, to shake up the church. Huh? I mean, it wasn't great persecution. It was a virus that really separated the men from the boys. Huh? And so the Bible's true, Donald, where Amos said there's coming a day where there's going to be a famine in the land, not of bread nor of water, but of hearing. Not even, not even a famine of the Word of God. We have the Word of God. In fact, we got more Bibles today than we've ever had. The famine is in hearing. People just do not want to hear what God has to say. God wants to speak, and He certainly wants to communicate. People just do not want to hear. Now, you know why that is? Now, pay attention right here, because I'm no longer speaking about them. I'm speaking about us. Here's, here's the main reason. There's just way too many distractions, and our minds are too crowded. Huh? God is speaking, but we're just not hearing. Why? Because we're bombarded with thoughts and worries, and get this one, plans everybody's doing something today. We are the busiest people on earth. Right? You know what they say about fishing, right? If you're too busy to fish, you're just too busy. Because a bad day fishing beats a good day working any time. <laughs> I got all those fishing cliches down, you know. But we're busy. And our minds are bombarded with, with everything, man. I mean, all that's going on, right? And every time you talk to somebody, well, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that. Help me here. And as a result, we, we, just, we just don't hear God. And I want to show you something tonight. There's a difference in hearing and listening, and there's a difference between busyness and productivity. Look here. Going, going, going is not the same as growing, growing, growing. Amen. Huh? 
And we, we are a generation today of going, going, going. Everybody's going somewhere, right? And we're all in a hurry. We're not getting anywhere fast, but we're all in a hurry, you know, right? It's like the auto, the, the pilot that came on, you heard this one, the airline. He said, I got good news and bad news. So the bad news is we're lost. The good news is we're making good time. That's us. And we're going, 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 but we're really not getting anywhere. Not getting anywhere. And we need to learn to overcome our preoccupied mind. And I think this, I think we can gain some really good counsel from the Word of God because what you find here in Scripture are times when God forced individuals to effectively listen to Him. And I want to give you, I want to give you three examples in, in, our, in our Bible study tonight. Can I do that? Now, I told you beginning, this is not a study in the book of Psalms. I'm just taking Psalms and studying them. And tonight I'm just taking that statement. Okay? A couple of situations or examples in the Bible where God forced individuals to listen to him. The first one you'll find in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. You don't have to turn there. I got it up on the screen. It talks about a guy named Elijah. Remember him? Look at the text there. But the Lord was not in the wind after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake a fire. The Lord was not in the fire after the fire a still small voice. You with me? God is forcing Elijah to listen to him. Right? Uh, we won't get into all the details, but there's wind, there's an earthquake, there's fire. And they represent energy, right? Wind, earthquake, fire, energy. In fact, could represent a distraction. You can get distracted by the wind, right, ladies? Get out of the car on a beautiful sun, sunny, sun, Sunday, and you're, man, you're all dressed nice. All of a sudden, the wind gusts and blows your hair all over the place. And earthquake is distract, fire is distracting. God didn't speak to Elijah through those distractions. He spoke to him in a still, small voice. You know what we might say? We might say this. God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. In a whisper. Now, why in a world would God whisper to Elijah? Huh? Why? Well, think about this. Think about, think about a whisper. Uh, when somebody whispers, you've got to get real close to hear them. Are you paying attention? Are you effectively listening? When somebody whispers, you got to get real close to hear them. In fact, many times, you, you know, you kind of put your ear to their mouth. Huh? Whisper. Why in the world would God whisper? Because he desires for you and I to get close. Huh? God wants you to be close to him. God wants us to be close to him. And so every once in a while, while he's trying to communicate to us, he will, instead of a loud voice, you know what a loud voice does? When somebody yells, you know, man, you back up. God's not yelling at us. God wants us to get close to him. And so in Elijah's case, he whispers. You know, did you ever whisper in your wife's ear? Get me some iced tea. <laughs> you thought I was going to say, I love you. Give me a slice of pizza. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah, hey, give me some ice tea. No. God wants us to draw close to him. Are, are you listening real good? 
God loves us. And every once in a while, he, he just wants you to slow down. I think our sister said, just get, get still and listen for him. Because he's got something he wants to whisper to you. You know? Huh? Effective listening. God's got something to say, and he wants you to hear it, but you got to get close. And that means this, we, we have to listen deliberately. Amen? I like to tell on myself because I know you don't like to tell on yourself. Well, there are times when I read the Bible, now pay, pay attention to this, there are times when I, and I, I, I read my Bible every day, I promise you, every morning, first thing I do every morning, I read my Bible, every morning. Even when I'm sick, I try to read my Bible. But there are times when my Bible doesn't read me. There are times when I'm only doing it because I can tell you that I've done it. Say amen right there. Huh? I mean, I want to get something out of it, but like I've said many times before, my mind is just not fixed and my ear is just not open to what the Lord has to say. In order to hear, you must be deliberate because once in a while, every once in a while, God will whisper. And in order to hear him, you got to get close. Amen? Let me share a second example of forced or effective listening. The second one would be found over in 1 Samuel chapter number 3. In 1 Samuel chapter number 3, we read about Samuel. Go ahead and flip that, guys. Samuel's a, just a child at this time. You remember, you remember the story? Hannah, his mother, had just dedicated him unto the Lord, right? And he's now, he's in the hands of Eli the priest, you know? And, and, uh, and, 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 and Samuel's lying down. Now, there's no, if you read the story, there's no indication that Samuel was sleeping. It just says he was lying down. Eli was sleeping. Samuel was lying down. When he heard, he heard a voice. In essence, if you read that, it could be to where Samuel was in deep thought when God called out to him. In a dream, we would say. Right? He goes to the high priest and he says, man, I, I don't know if I'm hearing voices or not. But as I'm lying there, all of a sudden I'm hearing this voice. And Samuel sent him back to sleep, came back, and then he said this to him. The next time you hear the voice, go ahead and say this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Huh? And I think this, I think if we take that, that text of Scripture there, we, we might say this, God speaks to us sometimes, not just through a whisper, but when we're in deep thought. I know this. I remember my first pastor, God bless him, he's with the Lord now. But my first pastor used to be one of those preachers who would harp on reading the Bible. I used to think this when I was a young Christian, just going to church. I used to think that he had a thousand different titles, but only one message. You know, because it seemed like every message, all he would harp on is, you got to read your Bible every day. You got to read your Bible every day. You got to. But you know what? I needed that, and so did everybody else, because everybody in that room was first-generation Christians, you know? And you know what I've come to find out, James? I'm surprised how many Christian people don't read their Bible every day. The only time they even open is when they come to church. You got to read your Bible, man. You got to get along with God. Say, I don't understand it. Don't make a difference. The Holy Spirit, the author, lives inside of you. He'll help you to understand it if you ask him. Huh? So I was encouraged to read my Bible every day, and then I remember him talking about meditating upon what I read. 
Now, I was just a young Christian. I didn't even know what meditation was. Come to find out that meditation is just deep thought. It's where, you know, when you're reading something, you say, hmm, what, what, what in the world? Now, you may not believe this, and it's okay if you don't. But Monday morning, I was reading my devotions, and I promise you, verse 8 spoke to my heart. And I can show you in my, 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 my devotion notes where I just jotted down that verse and a couple of thoughts. That was it. And I thought about it, and I wasn't feeling real good, and so I, I kind of just, you know, went on. Throughout the day, however, I couldn't get that, Bob, I could not get that thought out of my mind. And so about 1 o'clock that afternoon, I sat behind my desk, opened up my Bible, opened up my notepad, and I started to just meditate on that verse. And guess what happened? You get in a Bible study tonight. This was my devotion. And, and oftentimes, oftentimes, when I'm in deep thought, God speaks his word into me, and it becomes a message. There are times, John, I promise you this is true, I wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, there's a sermon, there's a thought, you know, and I can't get it out of my mind, and I'll lie back down, all of a sudden, that thought is going on and going on, and I have to grab a piece of paper and write down a few things, and when I get up in the morning, sometimes that becomes a sermon. Why is that? Because God wants to speak his word into our lives, but we need to be in a position where we can receive it. And sometimes it comes to us when we're in deep thought. Deep thought. That's what happened with Samuel. Huh? He was dreaming, or he was in a deep thought, and God, God speaks to him. The psalmist said this in Psalm 119, verse 97. He said, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Where's the old-timers at? You remember back in the day when, when the preacher would say, hey, you know what meditation is? Meditation is like rumination. It's kind of like when the, when the cow chews the cud. How many of you have heard that before? You know what a cow does in order to digest because he's got to keep, you know, so he, he eats it and then he spits it up and he eats it again. He spits it up and he eats it and spits it up until he gets it finally, you know, chewed so he can digest it. That's what meditation is. You know, you read the word, you spit it up, you read it again, you spit it up. God, what are you trying to say to me? And you begin to ponder. You be, when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you can actually say, I got something personal from God's word just for me? Amen. One of my favorite illustrations is of a preacher who I knew. He's, with heaven. He's in heaven now. He wrote a book. And he was on a plane one day taking a flight somewhere, and lo and behold, a person sitting in the same row right next to him was reading the book he wrote. <laughs> and so the preacher looked over to him and said, are you enjoying the book? And the, and the fellow said, I am. He said, uh, you get anything out of it? He said, well, there's some things I don't understand. And so the fellow said, what parts don't you understand? He said, why would I tell you? He said, because I wrote the book. And the whole idea, the, the reason of that illustration is the Holy Spirit of Almighty God who lives inside of us wrote the book. And whatever it is you don't understand, Lord, maybe I just need to think a little bit more and maybe it's not for me to understand it right now. Are you with me? The whole idea is I'm getting something from God. And I hope you don't wait till you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever it is. 
daily just get alone and get something from God. God speaks to us. We just need to take time, think, and ponder. I, I, at one point in time in my ministry, for whatever reason, we had 33 staff members. These used to drive me crazy, honestly. 33 between school teachers, college professors, and pastors on staff. 33 at one time. And, uh, and I remember this. I used to get my senior staff members together, and I used to encourage them to put in their schedule think time. Think time, you know? And so every once in a while I say, hey, let me see your schedule. And I mean like, you know, 13 hours of think time. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> no, I mean, if you put 30 minutes here, think time, because I wanted you to stop and pause and ponder and think about your responsibilities, right? I mean, that's how you develop vision for your life and maybe vision for a church. And, and I'll go on vacation. I'll say, now, God, coming back in September, is there a Bible? Uh, is, there, is there a series of sermons you want me to preach? Or is there a, you know, something God will give me? But it takes pondering and thinking and pausing and getting quiet and getting still. And that's something we just don't like to do today. Help me. Why? Because we're busy. We got plans. Help me. But to hear from God, sometimes he whispers, and sometimes it's when you're in that deep, deep thought. Can I give you one final? And there's many. I'm just going to give you three. Here, here's one. Uh, Acts chapter number nine, <coughs> one of my favorite Bible passages. talks about a fellow named Paul. Now, you know, before Paul was Paul, Paul was Saul. And in Acts chapter number 9, you find Paul's conversion testimony. It's fascinating, isn't it? You've read it, right? And so here's, here's Saul of Tarsus. He's on the road to Damascus when he's, when he's confronted by the Lord. <laughs> the Lord confronts him, man. And, I mean, just knocks him, you know, off his feet. And Paul looks up at this bright light and, you know, has conversation. Who art thou, Lord? And the light says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Who art thou? And the very next thing he says is, what will thou have me to do? Now think about that for a second. This is not the message, but this is important. When you find out who he is, the only proper response is, what will thou have me to do? Right? And so uh, the Lord gives him instruction. And what he does is the Lord taps this fellow Ananias on the shoulder and, and tells him to go to where Saul of Tarsus is and speak God's word into his life. Are you with me? And so the idea of that text is this. God uses other people, like my sister Stacy said. God uses other people sometimes to speak his word to us. And by the way, those other people are not always preachers. They're not always teachers. Sometimes they're brothers and sisters sitting in the pew next to you. Sometimes they're uh, friends or family members. And, and listen to this one, Donald. Sometimes they're even strangers and lost people. Did you hear that? See, God uses all kinds of strange tools to communicate his word. You ever think about it in the Bible? He used, I mean, he used a, a sparrow. He used an eagle. He used a donkey. Look here, he used a donkey to rebuke a man, right? He used a whale to preach a message to a prophet. 
Hello? And in this text of Scripture, God uses a fellow named Ananias to get our brother Paul a word. Now listen carefully. Never underestimate the word of a genuine Christian. It's amazing how every once in a while, you know, somebody just says something, and man, you may not let on that they struck a chord, but why did they say that? Huh? I got a text message from a fellow yesterday. I think yesterday, maybe Monday. No, it was yesterday. The fellow said, Pastor, I listened to your message on Sunday morning. Why were you speaking to me? He said, you were speaking directly to me. Who told you? I thought to myself as I'm listening, who told him? Nobody told him. Holy Spirit knows you, and he knows what you need. And if your ears are open and your heart is open, you'd be surprised how he'll communicate truth to you even through other people. And sometimes people you least would expect. Do you ever get, look here, you don't have to admit it because they're not here, but maybe you will. Do you ever get rebuked by your kids and they didn't even know they were rebuking you? And they'll say something like this, Dad, you mean to tell me that you're not going to, but isn't that what you tell us to? And you know what you say, shut up. <laughs> we don't say shut up, but you know, Right? Huh? Did you ever get rebuked by? You know, every once in a while, our kids play the, the Holy Spirit, you know, the role of the Holy Spirit. I don't like when they do that, you know? But that's how God speaks. And I can testify to that. I can personally testify to that. And I often, I often encourage uh, individuals in the ministry in this, in, this, in this realm because God will always use somebody else and his, through His Word to direct you. So far in my life, <coughs> Don and I, uh, this is uh, really, it's really just our third church. Um, because our first church, uh, we, we went to our first church in 1988 uh, in the city of Philadelphia, Southside Baptist Church. And, and that church really grew and grew and grew and grew. And we just have to, we have to keep moving because when you're in the city, right, you, you outgrow your parcel of land. And we had no further land. So we went from southwest Philadelphia to Glen Olden, Pennsylvania. And then outgrew that parcel of land and then ended up in Chester County. You know, from southwest Philadelphia to Chester County. But the same church, 25 years. And then we end up in Florida for nine years. And now we end up here for six weeks. <laughs> Two months. I don't know how long it's been. But listen to this. In each, in each one of those events, this is important, I get this. In each one of those moves, God used other men to speak his word into my life and gave me direction. Not in any one of those cases was I sitting at home, did I go out to the mailbox, did I open up the mailbox and have a letter sent from heaven that said, Sal, Donna, in 1988, it's now March, you are to become the pastor of, Bible, of uh, Southside Baptist Church. Aaron, it didn't happen that way. In 2013, I didn't go back out to the mailbox. Donna, here's another one of those letters from heaven. Now you're supposed to go to Florida. Whoopee! Glad it wasn't Alaska. I'd have never left the igloo, I'm telling you right now. And it wasn't in, in 2022 uh, uh, that I went to the mailbox. Don, guess what? Got another one of those letters from heaven. I wouldn't open up that one. <laughs> Kevin, I wouldn't open it up. No, it didn't work like that any of the times. I was minding, pay attention to this one. Donald, pay attention to this. 
I was minding my own business, serving God right where he put me. In 1988, I was an assistant pastor at Bethel Baptist Church, serving God just right where he put me. I wasn't looking for anything. When a pastor talked to my pastor about me becoming the pastor of that church. So God used men to direct me. In 2012, sitting in my office, minding my own business, got a call from a preacher boy talking to him. He's looking for a church, wants me to help him find a church. He didn't know I was looking to get out of my church. I, I just knew I was done. And he said this to me, uh, hey, preacher, why don't you put your resume in that church down in Bradenton, Florida? I said, huh? What are you talking about? He didn't know I was resigning. He had no idea. And lo and behold, a few months later, I become the pastor. God used another person to speak his word. And then one year ago, a fellow named George W. Riddell, you call him preacher, called me up, told me that pastor of the church is going to resign. He said, would you, would you be interested? Would you pray about coming? And I said, no, why in the world would you call me? Huh? The saddest part of that story is Mrs. Genizzi heard and began to pray, you know. And then God, you, are you with me? God used, look here, God will use other people and it'll never, look here, it'll never contradict his word to guide you if that's what you're looking for. I remember I told you, Kevin, and you, Bob, probably Bob Smith as well, I told the deacons that I love living in Florida, but I really love living in God's will more than anything. Amen. Why? Because there's no better place to be. It's perfect. It's a perfect fit. Huh? You know why the will of God is perfect? Because he takes you into consideration. You know what Mrs. Genizzi and I needed right now, Bob Fenton? In our lives, we needed Open Bible Baptist Church. We needed you. You're a perfect fit for us. And you know what you needed? You needed her. She's a perfect fit for you. <laughs> but it, it's true. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes, right? If we just learn to listen to him. God, listen to him. Every time uh, somebody just asked me a little bit ago, Pastor, would you sign my Bible? I've got a brand new Bible. And I, I, reluctantly, I will, because I didn't write the book. But I, I, know what, I know what they put the favorite preachers in there, and I'm, I'm honored to do that. But I always sign it with, these, with, this, with this address, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And here's the best part. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. You know how many times I've leaned to my own understanding and messed up? Oh, man. More times than I like to admit, even as a pastor, even as a preacher. You know, just doesn't work that way. Just doesn't work. Psalmist said this, <clears throat> and I'm finished. I will hear what God the Lord will say. I will deliberately listen for the Lord. Listen, God wants to communicate to us. How does he do it? He'll use his word. He'll use his people. He'll use his world <laughs> to communicate his word to us. Praise the Lord. We just need to be willing to listen. It's kind of like, speak, Lord. I'm listening. Huh? You ready to say that? You ready? One, two, three. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. I guarantee you God had something in that message for all of us tonight. But you only get it if you're listening. Right?
Let's pray. <coughs> Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for speaking to me on Monday morning, and I was glad I was listening. Even though I wasn't feeling like listening, I listened, and you gave me some fresh bread for the church tonight. I'm glad we had a Bible study on this subject, effective listening. Help us to be effective listeners so that we might be transformed in the image of our Savior Jesus. We love you tonight. Before we dismiss God, help us to have just a, a, a portion of a moment to reflect upon what you just said and how you might have said it to us and what we need to do about it. And, uh, and God, give us the energy and the grace, the enablement we need to fulfill your word. We pray in Jesus' name and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.